0: It's, it's it's always fun to see guys, local guys, yeah, you know, Perrysburg, Northwest Ohio, but I went to Bowling Green, so I'm very familiar with where yep. that is from yep. Sandusky. It's always fun to watch local guys work at their craft and become, you know, this force in their field yeah. and they carry where they're from, where they
1: made it. Oh, to. sure. And yeah. he's
0: one of those guys. He's and, hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah, he is. The very Joel
1: good. character on Parenthood is quiet, you know, is always very calm. And right. Very I remember There's the character. Just, yeah. That was a,
0: the writing on that show was after, spectacular. There is nothing on network television that even approaches. I thought I *Parenthood* agree. and *This Is Us* for me was is sort of that. That's the the, the last great television yeah. that we may ever see again yeah. on broadcast television. It's because all now on the Netflix. good stuff is on stream.
2: Yep, Hulu and yeah, all that's, that's that. That's crazy. You said that. Wow, you are right. Like
0: I remember *The Parenthood*. What well, the one thing that stood out to me about *Parenthood* was it seemed like each show was a a major motion picture. The editing was terrific. Yeah. The acting was out of this world, and I'm with you too, and I said this on This Is Us too. How are they keeping this cast together? The cast was massive. And they're hearing. making like, mega, mega, mega money. Yeah, and, and big it, names. Like 15 A-list names. Yet the show just kept going and Cleveland's
2: Monica Potter was on. That. Monica Potter and was great Craig T on that Nelson. Show. That's when them that that's when them sponsors show up. When them sponsors show up, you looking crazy. They're like, yeah. Oh, we could pay that speaking of you might want to subscribe to the channel.
0: Oh, nice segue. Yeah, you see nice. what I did right there? You know, I'm there? glad you're here today, because yesterday I was trying to sell this, and it's like a cigar trying to sell, a, a nun trying to sell a
2: cigar. <laughs> so, yes. like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm talking about. So, you know, this is, this is you know, for, for a lot of people on the Internet, this is y- your your show, right? Um, we all have something that we watch, and we, we're, we love it. When I was coming up, it was Martin. When i was coming yeah. up it was on one day a week and i did whatever come hell or high water i was at the house ready to watch it there's a lot of shows that have transitioned to youtube and believe it or not i see people in the street all the time they say listen you don't understand i watch that show every day people write and say listen g bush man look i live in in wisconsin i live in kentucky i just love the fact that like i when i turn it on this it reminds me of Cleveland, and Takes this is home. my show. Yeah, and so these are just ways to be more interactive with the show, man. You know, you know, you got a four ninety nine things, and it's not even about the four ninety nine. It's just the the fact that it's more content, is more you're able to get into more depth with the people that you see every We're day. We're going to
0: eventually do some meet and greets too oh, yeah. with,
2: the, with the coaches here, folks. So
0: we'll have get-togethers with these super fans and Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word I guess these people that are in the coach tier membership Mm -hmm. but that's going to be fun to actually get to meet some of the biggest fans of the show
2: and and do a little show on the road where they're part of it how often does that happen you know I watch you watch your favorite show and you're never going to meet those people no you're never going to talk to them hey look I'll uh, on the ultimate Cleveland yeah. sports show, and you can talk to Sam Yeager. Hey, one one day they sign up, they may even say, "Listen, I'm gonna let you text somebody." <laughs> 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 I will give my number away. You can text me. See, look, bro,
3: it's just he been an on answer for twelve hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you can slow. text them. <laughs> I,
2: I never said when it was going to get a reply, but I will reply. <laughs> We're still talking you about the text. Bengals game. You can text. <laughs> they, I'll be there four days
0: S- for days. An good, by the way, uh, you know, going back to him. I thought I, th- I thought he was great. He was great. Minus my snafu hand up. But uh, that was awesome.
3: yeah, that no, was awesome.
0: I, I mean. Who knows? Maybe
2: he'll end up in Saw. Maybe if he, if maybe he they does, cast him and if he, he does, we yet. have
3: to go back to that clip. He really
2: didn't deny it. Deny it. You know, sometimes they can't tell him. Yeah, I know. But you, he, he was see, like, he was like, he uh, did have
1: that look on his face. Like, where are you wait, going I with am? this? <laughs>
2: McNuggets.
3: Old, that can only happen to you. <laughs> that can only happen to I, you. Listen, I, I asked Anthony to look it up to confirm it. Yeah, and oh. it was. Uh, it's IMDb. That's not like the Elon Musk fake blue check mark have right. To be like, that is the IMDb. Yeah, but you know what? I they have me
0: in movies that I was never in. I'm, I'm, I don't even know why I have a page. Well it was because, because the you were Rocky... in the,
3: they showed a clip of first take and you were technically in it. Yeah, but, I know. But the and, thing is, and, it hasn't been shot or filmed yet, so it's just attached. I know, to but it. call call mine up. I, and and people tell me all
0: the time, "Hey, loved you in this," and I go, was me, bro." I, I you, don't girl. know why the <laughs> hell they have my
2: name in there. It, it was not me. Hey, let me uh, listen. Let me tell Jay something here. Uh, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I, the answer is, hey, man, I saw you in Creed 3, G. Bushman. I appreciate
3: that. No, it was Rocky. Well, I don't even know what the, what the movie was. It was Rocky. You were in I, Rocky 3, no, according to IMDb. No, Balboa. Balboa,
0: yeah. Yeah, which was like 6. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Um, um, well, speaking of good stories, by the way, Adidi got bit, uh, stung by a bee, so she's taking care of that real oh, quick. Oh no! She's gonna hop by once she's done. But let's talk a little Cavs before Adidi, or we're not gonna. Do get we have to? Do to?
0: I'm, I'm so disappointed about uh, what happened last night. I, I
3: feel like we do have to talk about uh, Jay, it at least a little so bit weak. ahead uh,
0: of. Jay uh, just airballed from like eight feet. I'm all for the show. He pulled a Darius Garland. Uh, uh, what happened to us last night? I know. I, I went uh, to bed. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I see the whole it. thing, but I watched the highlights this morning and I read a couple game recaps. Uh, and McNuggets, you sent the line, some of the th- notes from the box. They, so they lost 127-120. If you would have told me before the game that they were going to shoot 53% from the floor, over 43% from three-point range, this was the most stunning stat in a regular season basketball game I've seen in a long time. The Kings had two offensive rebounds all night.
1: Two. That's incredible. Crazy.
0: Donovan Mitchell had 38
2: points, and they lost by seven. I, What the hell happened? game was close they, I, I, they got off to a horrible start like they just they it, did, it, it they did no they energy um and the defense was the defense at the point of attack was was poor um they just kept getting to the that's lane. the first time i've seen ba- just bad defense yeah yeah and
0: so is it is it the west coast legs is it you know it's not like it was back to back
1: no i mean the west coast trips are a grind they're, they're tough they are and it's not going to get any easier. Now you got golden state. You yeah. come home for one. The one, the first game home off a West coast trip is brutal. And then they're right back out to Milwaukee. Yeah. So they're in the teeth of it, or they're getting to be in the teeth of it. Last night, it felt to me like they were just trying to outshoot their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Did not play well defensively. Got in a big hole early. And then Donovan just tried to outshoot them. Tried to shoot them out of it.
2: And Garland had a bad night. Work. Yeah, he did have a bad He's night. He's playing. Is he sick? Yeah, he was He's, under the weather last yeah. night. He's uh, got two in a row. He got two in a row. I thought he played. The fourth quarter of the game against the Clippers, uh, you know, he threw the ball away a few times. He he, he looks and I get it, this is gonna happen anyway, like you said, Jason. He just looks indecisive because I still don't think they understand where they fit in it. I think sometimes you get it they have a propensity to play ISO ball a little bit or just run pick and roll, high pick and roll. And you know, sometimes, you know, that ball movement that we were seeing with, with Donovan Mitchell when, when Darius wasn't there. It's easier to play with less talent sometimes. It's easier to say, okay, well, I got Jetty. I'm, I'm going to take this shot. But when you're still trying to figure out where you go, I just think sometimes they get bogged down a little bit. I think they're
1: two really talented players, and they're going to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I preface everything else I'm going to say with they are going to figure it out. Yeah. And some regards, they already have. Yeah. But then this happens. You're like, what? wait,
2: what but, happened? But, but this, the caveat is.
1: Well, no, I was just like, the, my one hang up on the Donovan trade in the first place was, Man, Darius played so well last year with the ball in his hands. Just let him go. Just put the ball in his hands and let him go. And and, and we saw it with Colin and and Darius and they just it, they couldn't figure it out. Like it was it was a tough pair, and then as soon as Colin was removed from that is when Darius flourished. And so my point was like just don't mess with a good thing. Just leave the ball in Darius's hands. And so I, I, some of that clunky Now listen, is it the eye? Is it the fact he's sick? It's just a couple of bad games. Yeah. And there's too much talent. I do think they'll figure it out. But it is an adjustment for Darius now playing without the ball in his hands. And the Cavs at the time of the trade, I've said it multiple times on show, the show, Cavs are like, listen, it's going to be fine. We have a bunch of metrics that Darius is great with the ball out of his hands. He's going to be just fine. And I do think they're going to figure it out. I think this is an adjustment period for Darius now. Again, going back to not always having the ball in his hands, not always making it go, Donovan's going to have the ball a lot. And it's just an adjustment for Darius to get back to that. And I think eventually they will. They are going to figure it out. You, this is the growing pains of, you, of you, putting two ball dominant guys together. Yeah. Do it you is think the
2: issue with the close, like, close, like in, in the, <laughs> the Clippers game, right? Donovan had it. He had it cooking, right? And it looked like Darius was. You know, usually last year you wouldn't, you wouldn't care because those are the shots he's going to take. Sure. He needs to shoot the ball. But it seemed as if a little bit where it was one of those things where you would like to see Donovan get a couple more shots if he has it going. Um, And I don't know if JB is monitoring this, um, but I think it is important to say that maybe he may need to stagger him a little bit, maybe get him uh, one guy on the court at one time, one guy on the court another time. But in the crunch time, do you think it's pertinent that they have to have a guy that says, this is the dude who's going to initiate in crunch time. It's going to be Donovan. More
1: times than not. Occasionally, it might be But serious. he doesn't always have to do all the lifting. No, he doesn't. But
0: to this point, he has. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Always, it's always been well, in Donovan. Well, the Clippers game, he took one shot the last seven minutes right. and he saw what happened. Right, right. You, know, you cannot true. blow a 13-point uh, lead was, in four minutes. Right. That's you can't crazy. do that.
1: Last night, it was more defensively than anything. Yeah. And, and JB said after the game, they played arrogant and did to think that they can just, they, they've gotten off to these slow starts lately and th- they think that, they can they can catch up later. They can make it up yeah. later, and that goes back to the, this team plays so hard all the time. You can steal wins just by playing hard, but that includes the first quarter. And you can't a lot of yourself that big a hole. No, they're they're not at that point yet. A lot of veteran teams <laughs> that play for April, May, and June, they've had a lot of playoff success. You can get away with bad first quarters. You can get away with playing hard. You know, five, six, seven minutes a night. I've said this before. But the Cavs title team contenders you could watch it. Like when I watched them every night, you could watch, okay, here they go. Like they're going to play hard for these five, six, seven minutes, put the game away. And then it's back to cruise control. Right? This team is not at that level. They can't get away with doing stuff like that.
0: And I'm I'm glad they're not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to
0: rest on that and rely on that. But it almost feels like last night when they fell down big, they had a good third quarter, but I think that took so much energy digging out of that first
3: half hole. Right.
0: They didn't have it when they needed it in the fourth quarter, McNuggets.
3: Uh, two things real quick. I mean, they were only mm-hmm. down six points at the end of the fir- five points at the end of the first quarter, so it wasn't that yeah, but I th- that I, big of a hole. They were down double digits a little earlier. Yeah, uh, halftime it was nine. Yeah, it was, wasn't crazy. No, but it's, it, it what, was what we talked about you don't yesterday. Wanna, you don't they've given have up to sixty. Of a-
1: they've given up sixty plus points
0: three straight games. That's what's game. concerning yeah. to me. What's concerning to me was I thought that this team looked great defensively at times during the first ten games, and. Last night, it seemed like defense was well, optional. It's what we and- talked
3: about yesterday. We wanted to see them come out and yes. not overlook it, but not overlooking something either because Adida had to push her hit back a sec. We got Bull on. So, Bull, oh, good. Okay. I know you watched the game yesterday. What are your thoughts on the uh, the Cavs dropping their second straight on the West Coast trip?
4: Yeah, guys. Good to see everybody. Good to see G back in what studio. Good to see you,
3: you
4: know, Bull. I, I, I know you're feeling a little better. How are you feeling, totally Bull? You, 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 you back up to full strength? <laughs> I'm like 95% better. Oh, good, but, you know. Good. Fortunately, G didn't have COVID, so he can come back as soon as he's feeling better. Right, because I had COVID, even though I'm doing better, I got him. You know, I won't be able sure. to come back in the studio until Tuesday, assuming I test negative uh, twice. But uh, in terms of the game, guys, I actually watched it this morning. I, I could not stay up, so I DVR'd the game, and I didn't look at the score. And then I watched the game this morning. Yeah, obviously, it was a terrible performance, and Darius Garland just, you know, had one of those days. It, I'm not worried about him at all. But I do think – I think you have to balance, right? Because we all know – and, Jason, you know this better than anybody from covering the league – that the NBA re- regular season really, even for a team like the Cavs, I don't think it means that much. Like on a game-in, game-out basis, We're, we have such a football mentality in this town that sometimes we react to basketball and, and, and baseball games like they're football games, which you can't. But I think in the same vein, it was interesting, as you said, Jason, that both um, Donovan Mitchell and Coach Bickerstaff made the point of saying – yeah, you don't want to make too big a deal of it, but you want to correct the mistakes you're making because that, you know, if you don't correct mistakes you're making and you just say, well, it's, you know, November in the NBA, who cares? Then eventually those those ha- become habits, That's and then exactly it becomes a problem, right? When the games do really matter. So right. it's this not taking that... it easy. Go ahead. Go,
1: go, well, no, what you were saying earlier about the regular season doesn't really matter. I disagree with that because this team hasn't accomplished anything. And, and the regular season is about building – the right habits and building good habits. And you can't start falling into bad habits thinking, oh, it's okay. It's only, uh, it's only November. We got plenty of time because I, I mean, I've said repeatedly on the show, the postseason is nothing like the regular season and that's true. And the the regular season has no bearing on the postseason and that's true. But this is a young team that outside of Donovan has no playoff experience. So they need the regular season to build those habits, to be in close games, to understand how to defend? How who? How to initiate? Darius and Donovan to play together. So this, it, it sounds like it's doublespeak, but it, I, I'm trying not to be that the regular season has no bearing on the postseason, but the regular season builds the habits that are necessary for the postseason. So you, they need to take this seriously. This team Tracy, hasn't done anything. To they that they the play in last year. So yeah. what? Well, that,
0: and that and to your point, that's why the regular season this year is so important. Yes, because last year the lesson that they learned was. They went hard, and after the All-Star break, it was, they just, they went stretches where they couldn't find offense, and they missed the playoffs. Yeah. So I would I would think that they would be looking at this regular season and say, okay, focus for 82. It's a full, you know, you got to run through the tape. And then when you get to the playoffs, then you can start learning those right. lessons. But they learned a valuable lesson last year, I hope, yeah. in that I, 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 they took for granted the guys, they were going to be a playoff guys, team, and they were not.
4: Yeah. Let me clarify, let me just, Clarify what I meant exactly. What I mean by saying the regular season doesn't matter is this loss specifically to Sacramento in November doesn't right. really matter. Correct. Of just course, like the the things in the micro, matter.
0: you're right. But we're talking right, in the right. macro. I think I think the yes. macro of the season. There are some lessons they have to learn, and they 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 do need to play like it's, it's a big deal because
4: it is. Yeah. Not every night, but in the macro, I think it is. No, I agree with you. I just think in compa- I, what I mean more is just like. I think sometimes people react to this game like the, the loss to Sacramento is not going to come back to haunt them this season, like the Browns' loss to the Jets could <laughs> no. come back to haunt well, them, right? A, that, but you got eighty two. Yes, means. but you want those to start building the good habits instead of the bad. Mm-hmm. And and JB's point about them being arrogant in first halves, as you said, Jason, this team has no right to be arrogant about anything because right. they've accomplished nothing. Right? We know they have a lot of talent, but as a team, they have zero accomplishments. So, mm-hmm. and I don't. I, I don't think they actively were being cocky about it, but I, I think the way he put it makes a lot of sense.
2: Well, let me, I, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys. For me, I look at a lot of different training and I'm not saying that wars or armies are the same as, as sports, but you know, the other day I was watching, um, you know, people go through Navy SEALs training, right? And they talked about how many people they, they have originally, how they sleep basically three hours in about, <gasps> you know, five, six days. They're treading water, doing all this crazy stuff, right? And it doesn't really have anything to do with, necessarily, uh, with their craft. What they're trying to do is get mentally and psychologically prepared for to push yourself at, at a limit where you don't think you can go. And I think sometimes in college, you, you do that conditioning and you lift these weights, and I look back on it and say, how the heck did I even survive? And I, the reason you do survive is because they've built that mental toughness in you that when you have to do something physical that long and you go past the point where you don't even think you could wake up or do it no more and you pass it, it builds something in you. So when I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers and the way they play the game, JB is right. They need to instill the, the, the defense, the the want to, and it takes someone mentally being mentally prepared to do it rather than physically. Because this one thing that you, we all know they could do it physically. But the mental aspect is, can you push bass walls? Can you say Sacramento is the same as Golden State and I'm going to play as hard as I can defensively? That takes mental and, and intestinal fortitude to, to do that. And it's hard sometimes to in, you know, instill that in, into young players, especially if they're winning if you win a couple games and you don't play the right way, you don't play the way you're supposed to, or the standards are there. When you don't, when you win those games, it's a false sense of security. Like, oh, I could do that. I could get, you know, life is about delayed um, consequences or delayed success. Like, you ain't gonna get beat today, but you will get beat doing that if you continue to you know rest on that and go play good teams. And so that's, I, I think that's where the the rub, the you know, rubber hits the road.
4: I don't think the, the Cavs. No, I didn't know you were going directly to me. But I, I don't think that I'm not the basketball expert. Jace is the basketball expert. But but uh, I will answer the question. I I don't and maybe I'm being silly here or naive. But I don't think that the Cavs. I, I don't think they didn't play well because they thought it would be easy to beat Sacramento. I I I don't know. I I don't think this team is that overconfident at this point. Do you guys think that? I just think they had a bad it's night just, for whatever you know reason. Well, what, you're right. They did. It's just, to me,
0: it's a team it, It's a team they should have beaten. And I do sure. think there might have been some peek ahead. They might have been thinking more about the Warriors than perhaps the Kings. And if you do that in the NBA, on the road, particularly on a West Coast trip, you're, you're going to lose. These guys get paid, too. And, it, and they came to play last night. And they just – the other thing, too, is that defense takes effort. And there's a lot of want to that goes into defense. And maybe they weren't thinking that bull, but subconsciously they're knowing we're on a West Coast trip. We got a big one against the Warriors last night. Let's do enough to get by with the win. And if you play 48 minutes that way, you're going to lose. You you, You need to be more aggressive than let's just do enough to get by, save a little bit for the Warriors game moving forward. Because last year, the one mistake I thought they made, Jason, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. When I was watching them in December, I was, I was had an ongoing conversation with another buddy of mine who's a huge NBA fan, who's not a Cavs fan, but was watching them a lot. And I, I kept saying to him, I'm stunned at how hard we're playing defensively. Mm-hmm. There's a cost to pay for that in March and April, because you only have so much fuel to burn. And I thought they needlessly burned it on a lot of nights where I think some of the veteran NBA teams were looking at the Cavs going, oh, that's cute. They think this matters, and they're playing really hard defense. We'll
1: see you in April, or maybe not. And that's I, I, that's the point I, I try to make all the time. Is last year when the Cavs beat the Bucks at home, it, it, it was a sound beatdown, and everyone was like, "Yes!" And the Bucks are like, "All right, yeah." <laughs> and see you in April. So, <laughs> yeah, right. so there, and, and that's the point I think we we're trying to make early about the difference in the regular season and postseason. Why regular season? Results certainly don't matter. It's about the process and about the, the habits and everything else. But ultimately, like, it was a bad game. I, they got off to a great start this year. These are young kids. They hear everything, they hear everyone throwing flowers at their feet. Mm-hmm. And I think they got caught up in a little bit. And, yeah. and it's easy to have happen. They just yeah. beat
2: LeBron. LeBron. If LeBron comes out. They, they, didn't play well that half, and the LeBron sang their praises say, yeah. in the postgame news so, conference. So yeah. now they're like, "Oh, this is easy. We about yeah. we about to get this money out here too." You know what? They
0: make
4: it all good with a, a win over Golden State, right? Yeah, yeah, so, it's, so good team. You know, it's even though ways. guys, the reality is the War. I know, I know they're a better team than this, obviously, but they're playing terrible basketball right now. The Warriors,
0: right? Well, that would they're scare. F- them. That actually scares me. Because we know they're, what they're
4: four capable and about. seven, and they've I lost, I think, seven of the last eight or something yeah. like that. That's
1: a team that knows May and June, and they don't care a whole lot about he, November yeah. and December. He, 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 true, he, Jason, you know, but good. Clay
4: Thompson's not the same player anymore. Right? Is that fair to say? I didn't hear you. What'd you say? I said Clay Thompson's not the same player anymore.
1: Isn't no, that fair well, to say? He's had a ton of injury. Yeah, yeah. same. his body's
2: probably not the same. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Jordan Poole's coming off the bench. I would probably start him. I don't know, Clay would come off the bench. Uh, Steve Kerr talked about, we might need some changes, but I mean, they got guys. I mean, Jordan Poole, he's, they just gave him that money. He looks like he's a guy. I don't know how much you will lose defensively. Um, they're a team, in,
1: they're a franchise in
2: transition. and yeah, We know are. about the Draymond thing. they got and some big decisions to make. And they,
1: they can't afford to keep everybody. That's right. And even even the Warriors and even the, the Bay money it runs out at some point, and it gets the the luxury tax, especially with they're at with the repeat offender status that we've right. been talking about on and on and on. This is what the Cavs are trying to avoid. They have a lot of young guys. They got a long window here of success, but at some point, even the wealthiest owners, they feel it, and they yeah. got to start making some really hard businesses. You've got to write some pretty big checks, and you yeah. can run from that for a while, but it's going it to catch catches you. catches up, and to it's, you. it's caught the
0: Warriors for sure. All right, Bull, stand by. Uh, We're gonna come back to you in a little bit, but right now, Aditi, are you okay? I'm told you were stung by a bee. What, why, I I tell you so many times, Aditi, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times, don't agitate these things. Why are there
5: bees (laughs) in November? What kind of bees are there? They come out in the fall. They
0: They love the the nice days. I'm dog as side. old as I
5: am, which I'm not saying, <laughs> but it is old. I've never been stung by a bee before. So really my very first thought was, oh my gosh, am I allergic? Yeah. Like how do you know if you're allergic to bee stings until you actually until get stung you get by stung. a stung, That's yep. true. I can't believe right? you've made
0: it this far before you've ever been stung. Yeah, I figured out the way. I mean, way. it is
5: sort of crazy. Yeah, no, it was a honeybee, not a yellow jacket, not whatever. The stinger was really big, but I was very lucky. There were some neighbors outside, and this one neighbor had this like suction thing. So Let's she like it right stuck out. it there, and did a allegedly yeah, suck the venom out. But I yeah. don't know, it really, uh, it stings. I was, uh, I was actually texting Mikey McNuggets. And I was like, how do I know if I'm allergic? If I'm allergic, would I already know? Would I be dead if I was allergic? Yeah.
2: Not that yeah. I'm, 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 I'm allergic. Allergy. you're not. I'm allergic to shellfish and um, I figured out the hard way. And so yeah, you, you quickly know, like your <laughs> when opinion, you, you stop breathing, you know, like my nose is big now, but it was really big. Like <laughs> I was like my nose, my mouth, my ears are enlarging. What was the Will Smith movie where he was? Um,
0: he, it, he, I can't remember hit was it hitch yeah hitch that was it and, and and he he was on the date and he oh. ate yeah. shellfish, yep. yeah. Yeah. and that scene uh, yeah, where his, yeah. his <laughs> face <fish> blew up <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the funniest scenes of all time it's
2: kind of like that <laughs> get your epi pen yeah the, yeah have yeah. one ready to go friend,
5: so, i mean you're not saying the face looks that blown up right like by no, neck you're, looking, no, you're, you're not allergic no you're, you're not allergic you're i never know that you've been stung
0: by a bee what well, were because you what were you doing you're just outside doing some fall yard
5: work oh sorry no, go ahead, Jay. I was. What were you doing? Minute.
0: Were you out doing some like outside fall cleanup or what?
5: No, I was running, and then I was wow. just kind of cooling down on my walk, and I saw these two neighbors, so I stopped to talk to them because you know I'm being friendly, and it's a gorgeous day, and boom, the bee was just, "What are you doing? Why are you stopping to talk? You shouldn't be doing that." Yeah, wow, but it was very. Crazy. It was actually really good that these two neighbors were there because one of them is a nurse, so she sent me home with this like fancy wash so that I don't get MRSA, (laughs) which is sort of crazy. Like, can a bee sting really lead
3: to MRSA? I don't know about that. I don't want to find out.
0: Nurses take every precaution, and we're glad that that that's the case. Aditi, your thoughts on uh, Dolphins-Browns. We got the good news just a short while ago that Denzel Ward will suit up. I think if there's a game, uh, you'd like to have him for every game, obviously, but particularly (coughs) this game with Tyreek Hill. What are your thoughts on this matchup?
5: Well, and not just Tyree Kill, with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, because let me tell you, those are two ones. I don't even know that it's a 1A and a 1B. I think it's a 1A and a 1A. And Tua is just playing with a ridiculous amount of confidence. You know, I saw him two weeks ago against the Lions when the Dolphins got down and then he brought them back. The defense shut out the, or at least shut down the Lions more in the second half, played a little bit tighter. I just think that Tua is very, very smart with the ball. He knows who's who's the guy that he needs to go to. He's not locked in on any one person. And when you've got weapons like this, why be locked in on just one? And I think that Mike McDaniel is really, really, really speaking to what Tua can do well. And not just on the field in an X and O way. I said this to the guys earlier in the week that you just see Tua blossoming under coaching that believes in him. You know, he's playing for a guy who really thinks that he's capable of so much and he's responding. And you see why something like that matters so much. So, I mean, I think it's a really tough matchup, but I also think the last time we saw the Browns, the Browns looked awfully good. Miles Garrett looked like we need Miles Garrett to look if we're going to talk about him as a potential defensive player of the year. We saw the Browns do what they needed to do on offense to be able to run the ball and bleed clock and secure a win. So, you know, in some ways
1: you should feel bullish about the Browns too. Well, kind of along those lines, we've, we've spent a lot of time this week talking about Tyreek Hill and the fear factor that he brings, and rightfully so. His numbers are bonkers. But I made the point earlier, he's got 76 catches this year and three touchdowns, three out of 76 catches. So is there a path? I'm, I was trying to go three, but I think I was off camera. So there it <laughs> is. So is there a path for Tyreek to be Tyreek and he goes nuts, but you keep him out of the end zone and you still win the game?
5: I mean, isn't that what we often talk about when we talk about bend, don't break defenses, like do whatever you need to do in between the 20s. But if the defense can bow up in the red zone, then, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many yards you give up. It doesn't matter how many catches you give up if you can indeed keep that end zone clear. And, you know, I'll tell you, that's what I saw this last week with the Jaguars and the Raiders. Devontae Adams, who the week before against the Saints had just one catch for three yards, went absolutely off in the first half. Josh McDaniels had told us that he was going to make a concerted effort to create opportunities for Devontae Adams. And he did. Adams had, I think, 10 catches for 146 yards. Well, guess what happened in the second half? The Jaguars completely shut out the Raiders. So... What looked like this huge game for Devontae Adams, because if you look at the stats right now, it was a huge game, and I'm sure fantasy people think it was a huge game. At the end of the day, it didn't matter because the Jags kept the end zone clean when it really did matter. And so I think there's a piece of, as great as Denzel Ward is, as much as you have hopes for that Brown secondary, you're not keeping Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell totally completely catchless and yardless right but yeah if never you gonna can happen keep the dolphins out of the end zone or limit how much they get into the end zone i think the great Dick LeBeau used to say if you could keep a team to 17 or fewer points you had a better than 95 percent chance of winning it's Those are hard guys to completely shut down. I mean, look at those numbers, right? Like, how are you just going to completely, totally put a clamp on them, on both of them? It's not as if there's one and you can bracket or cloud to the one. You've got to account for the other. But just make sure that your red zone defense is as good as it can be. And don't let these guys have 90-yard catches to get into the red zone.
2: Aditi, what what Easily was your, said,
5: right? Isn't that yeah, so, easy? Right.
2: Yeah. so easy? Yeah, yeah. Easier yeah. said than done. We make you coordinator. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you look at this game, I think this changes a lot. I think this changes people's perception. If you're able to beat Cincinnati, you come back after the bye week, you, you rest it up. If they're able to come and beat the Dolphins, How will that change your view on the Browns, and do you think that changes the way people feel about them moving forward into the next week?
5: Okay, so I'm going to totally sound like a coach when I say this, but who gives a crap what anybody else thinks? Like, who cares what the external perception of that team is? We're not in some, like, BCS or Harris poll where we need style points here. Like, this is just about getting your wins, playing the type of football you wanna play, and having sort of success begets success. So do people talk about the Browns differently if they beat the Dolphins? Yeah, sure, I guess, maybe, but like, who cares? At the end of the day, are people really talking about the Bills differently because they lost to the Jets? Like, are the Bills suddenly not as good of a team because they lost one week? are i don't think that that's what matters as much as it is that the Browns start put stacking win after win after win and this is what we've all been talking about for a few weeks now the afc is indeed wide open there is a whole middle where no one's really separated themselves and right now there's not necessarily maybe the chiefs maybe the bills but There's not really anybody that you're like, my goodness, that team is never going to be caught or that team can never be beat. I mean, look at just what happened with the Bills. So I think that if you want to get into the dance, if you want to start competing, if you want to be in place that when week 13 comes and Deshaun Watson gets back on the field, you're in the thick of it. You need to win games and the Dolphins are the next one. And are the Dolphins more of a quality win than let's say I don't know the Panthers are sure but again you're not getting style points right now you just need W's and if it does something internally if you as a player as a Cleveland Browns player start to feel a little better about yourself because you've beaten the Bengals and you've beaten the Dolphins and you think those are better teams then great I mean feel good play good
0: right I I I don't know Maybe maybe I'm speaking out of turn I I think what G Bush was asking is not public perception you personally, mm-hmm. like, Oh, do
5: I feel better about them?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you were asking about like, who, can, no, she's right. who, who cares. No, it does mm-hmm. It means nothing. But from your expert position, and I know that you said it looks like no one's running away from it, but here's what's suddenly watching the Monday night game. My thought was, uh-oh, Baltimore kind of is now. Mm-hmm. Baltimore has emerged as that team, and we know Cincinnati can be very good, too. But at 3-5, and when you're looking up at a 6-3, and where I think it's really getting late early for the Browns is suddenly winning that division with a a two-and-a-half game gap now looks like it's a more uphill climb. And when you look at what they've done against the other AFC teams that are going to be fighting (laughs) for these wild-card spots, they're not going to have the tiebreaker edge against anybody. So 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 you personally, if they go out and put together, because they haven't done it this year, a second straight game where they look like the team we thought they were going to be. How do you, and how does your perception of this team then change at four and five, starting to go into some some stretch here where you, you know you're getting Watson back soon?
5: And then, and gee, I apologize. I completely agree with you there, Jay. Yes i feel better because then to your point you're seeing consecutive stacked wins Mm -hmm. and consecutive solid performances and so then it it does feel you want any team to be playing its best football as the season goes on. The Ravens have been playing better in consecutive weeks and to to refer back to the Ravens, they're just about to get deeper. I yeah. mean, they are the deepest team in the division and they're adding more depth. Yeah. You're getting some guys that are healthier and that gives them even more depth. Well, and, and so, Smith
0: too changed right. lives. I mean, right. they look they look it's completely different. Now. Yeah. Right.
5: And if you are acknowledging and recognizing you being the Browns, if the Browns are acknowledging and recognizing the urgency that is necessary right now and the Browns are meeting that moment right now by stacking strong, solid wins, then yes, you do feel better about them. If the Browns lay an egg this week, if they come off the bye and they lay an egg, then how can you possibly feel good about them? And yeah, you're I right. Aditi, you I think the
0: season's over with with a loss Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I, I, re- I really do. And, and I know yeah. that sounds like hyperbole, but at three and six, you are what your record says you are. You're not a very good team. You're going to have to be a complete opposite of that down the stretch, and then hope like hell you get a lot of help and make it to the playoffs. I think they have to play Sunday like it's the first round of the playoffs. I really do.
5: I don't. I think that just mathematically, it's impossible to say, okay, they're totally out of it, or look at what the Dolphins did. Was it just last year when they won seven in a row to finish the season? You know, it is possible to go on a run. It's not impossible, but I think the piece there is that It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if you can't close, if you can't finish, if you can't put away an opponent that you need to put away. And I do think that that intangible, that emotional thing plays into who you are and the type of swagger you have. And when you feel that you are playing for something, that you are playing to be in the race to continue playing, then I think that informs you in a different way than if you're just playing to put out good tape for yourself. So I buy that. I'm with you there, Jay.
0: Yeah, I I know mathematically, of course not. But man, it just feels like, I mean, three and five sucks. It doesn't feel good at all. But
3: three and six just starts.
5: Right. And especially because you don't necessarily have a track record or a history of feeling that you're always winning. We talked about the Ravens earlier. Let's go back. Let's talk about the Steelers a few years ago when Ben Roethlisberger was gone and Duck Hodges was their starting quarterback. The end of that season, they're still in it, and they were one game out of making the playoffs with Duck Hodges, a guy that nobody in the NFL wanted as their starting quarterback, but that was in many ways made possible by Mike Tomlin, and by Mike Tomlin's record of always being in it, of Mike Tomlin's nature and demeanor, and I'm not saying that Kevin Stefanski doesn't have that, but he doesn't have... 15 years behind him. He sure. doesn't have a Super Bowl behind him that he's necessarily the Pied Piper that if he sits here and he tells guys that have never, you know, really won, hey, just believe it. We can still win. Right, we can still right. Win. It's, it's easier a little bit to take a harder that hill with Tomlin. Yeah, it's a little harder of a sell, you know?
0: You know, when you said that, you reminded me of one of the most incredible stats in all of sports. And I'm going to mess this up because I don't know exactly what it is. <laughs> but as Ben retired, I remember, I think it was Jim Nance on the call saying that in his entire career, what it, what he, how many years was it? Seven, 16? Okay. 18. In his entire career, I think he played one game where he had no chance of making the playoffs, where they were actually eliminated from playoff contention. It was the last game of whatever season that they didn't make the playoff. So, I mean, when you think about that, the fact that he played for all that time, that every single football game he played was kind of like, you know, we, 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 we're still in this thing. We can still have a chance. It's it's mind-numbing to me.
5: It, you know? it, it's funny because, you know, it's actually a conversation I had a few years ago with Jason's buddy Ken Carmen on the radio. Oh. And I had said <laughs> – would you as a fan base, because in the city of Pittsburgh, they make so much of the fact that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. He's had 500 seasons, he's had eight and eight seasons, but he's never had a losing season. Right. And so I had said, at some point, that really just doesn't mean much. Right. Like Mike Tomlin has won three playoff games in the last 11, 12 years. Right. The all that whole time when he had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger and one of the best O-lines in the NFL and a defense littered with first round picks. All he had to show for it was one trip to the AFC title game. So I was kind of saying. Not having a losing season really doesn't count for much. Like, wouldn't you rather win a Super Bowl? and suffer a couple down years think about the eagles for instance the eagles win a super bowl and then have a couple down years but you've got that high of actually winning or do you think it's really really fun to be engaged in your team every single december yeah so people in pittsburgh have not celebrated anything of note (laughs) in what celebrated a a lot more than we have yep Right, but every single December, they're turning on the TV yeah, no, and the game I backs.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah sign me up for that, that plan. That
5: at least your team captures your attention until December.
0: Yeah, we were on that plan in the late 80s and the early 90s, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. No, we never even got to a Super Bowl, but I'd take that over what we've had over the last 30 years any day.
5: So. Competing. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not willing to write off the Browns yet. I really Good. liked I'm what on Monday night against the Bengals. I thought that that was kind of a make-or-break moment. Our buddy Adam made a point of saying, if they lose that game, just get rid of... Kareem Hunt, you know, like call it a, call at the end, and right. the Browns responded. And yep. I had said on air, I think that Miles Garrett really needs to put this team on his back. And Miles Garrett responded. He did. And you saw what the Bengals just turned around and did to the Panthers. I mean, what did Joe Mixon have Monday night in Cleveland? Thirty yards, thirty rushing yards. We put a and complete the lid on. And then he goes out and scores five touchdowns. Yeah. You know, my, the Browns my fantasy really, team loved every
0: second, second of job. it. Yeah, you're right. I'm Aditi. Sorry, go ahead on. We, we, we've got to run because Bulls oh. dying to do this Guardians preview for next season. But um,
2: oh, he's cussing
0: right now. Be well. We will see you next week, and I hope your uh, your bee sting is okay.
5: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great.
0: All right, week. bye, Didi. Yeah, she nah. just described the Guardians, by the way. She did. Yeah. yeah. Like. No, she absolute to a T. Yeah. Because we, you know, and I'll take that. I know it's not getting the ring, and I know it's not the ultimate Cavaliers championship we got to experience. But you're relevant. You know, you're, you're, you're playing it. nationally televised games in October, you know, if That's you're the Browns, counts. you're playing in January that those are the moments that we will always remember. Yep. So, you know, I would, I would take that over. We need more know. of them.
2: God, we need more.
0: I oh, will take anything at this point. All right, bull. Um, I, I can't wait to hear your guardians preview because yesterday you really piqued my interest when you talked about a specific catcher that you think this team should target. I got one too. And yeah, see if it's the same. <clears throat> yeah, okay. I want to see if it is the same. Let's so you tell but, us what you what but. you got. <clears throat>
4: By the way, quick stat this, the Browns have 7 losing seasons in the last 8 years. The Steelers have 7 losing seasons since 1972. No,
2: How is I feel great now. Thank you. <laughs> you did all that. You did all that to surface okay. up that. No,
3: oh, you yeah, did.
2: Here's the
4: catcher <laughs> that now I I'm not sure the team would ultimately trade him, but this team definitely wants to trade a catcher. He probably is not the one they want to trade, but I think the Indians have the prospect to get prospects to get him. You'd have team control for 5 years. And he can he's a good defensive player and a fantastic hitter. And, and Jason, you want to guess who it is? I think we're on the same team, but we
1: might have different catchers.
3: Are you talking oh, about wow. a team up north, north of us? That could be I really am. interesting
1: then. Oh, no, we're, so on, we're different. We're different. Okay. Go ahead. okay,
4: so I'm thinking Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays. Now, he was an all-star last year, so you're like, well, sure. why would the Blue Jays trade him? Well, the Blue Jays have a ton of talent, but – they have three good catchers. Their best prospect, Gabriel Moreno, who came up last year, uh, is a catcher. Uh, Danny Jansen, who they've had for a number of years, who's an excellent defensive player and a solid hitter with good power, is a catcher. And so is Alejandro Kirk. So they can afford to trade one of those guys for other things. The Blue Jay, the, the Guardians, as we know, have a ton of – and you'd have to give up a lot to get him because he's under team control for five more years. Like I said, he's, he's good on both ends. He doesn't look like he'd be a good catcher if you've seen him. Uh, he looked, he, he's like five eight, two forty yeah, or something. Yeah, he doesn't look like he'd be a catcher at all. But he fits perfectly on this team. He makes great contact, and he hits for, and he has some power too. He's a slugger, so he'd be a. You'd have to give up a lot to get him, but 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 that would be my top guy at catcher. But there's other options, guys. Wilson Contreras is out of the, the Guardians market. He's going to get a hundred million dollar contract. But also on the Blue Jays, Danny Jansen, who I just mentioned there, a little more veteran, has a few years left on his deal, but would be an upgrade. Christian Vasquez in free agency, and Sean Murphy also from Oakland. Now, now, bull, Did I get now, one of your bull. guys there?
2: That was my yeah. guy. Yeah, no, I'd take any of those guys. Bull, for for, the, for the, the casual fans, they'll say, hey, yeah. well, don't you have Bo Naylor? Like, do you mean these guys are better than him, or – is he not a top prospect, or why Why to the regular fan would you have Yeah, why, why would I, we have to go
4: outside the right. organization? Okay, and yeah. uh, what I would say to that is, and maybe Bo Naylor ends up being a part of these trades, is I got a lot of good, good young players already on this team, some that have proven it, some that have started to prove it. I don't want to have a rookie or second-year player in every single spot in the lineup. So in some spots, I got to give up some of my prospects, maybe including Bo Naylor, To make sure i have a veteran and catcher's a spot where i'd rather have a veteran player now alejandro kirk is a young guy too i mean i think he's only like 24 years old he's only been in the big leagues for parts of three years last year was the first year that he actually had the full season in the big leagues but the guy's real good and under team control Bo Naylor, i not i know it feels like right now every and every guardians prospect's gonna pan out because so many did this past season but it's not always gonna work that way and i think there are spots where you'd rather add some veterans I got three spots where, well, really four spots where I'd like to do that, but and that's your one point of them. Catcher about,
0: about yeah. leaning too heavily on the young guys. I just remember yeah. Oscar Mercado too, and I thought that I thought he was a plug and play guy that had figured it out. I got I mean, destroyed right.
1: for saying that earlier this year, that because I I wasn't comparing Quan to Mercado. No, but I'm not either. I'm, not either. I'm not either. But it's a
0: cautionary tale, right? When Absolutely. You, just because, and There's, and that's a great point that you don't want to load up too heavily on these young guys because just because they've made it. So the first year the, that barrier to entry to being an everyday player in the in in major league baseball is very difficult. But now it's really prove it time because now the league has a book on you. Now they got tape on and you. And so what right. happened with Mercado was he had holes and the and and with the scouting That's staff right. being what it is now, if you have a weakness they're going to
1: find it and they are going to kill you with it until you prove you can handle that. Rarely and, it rarely does success go like this. I know it's always like that's right very rocky so, so y'all, so, and then you go so yes. y'all
2: what y'all doing is y'all telling me there's a good chance that maybe three to four of our young players have a potential of falling off oh, not, I wouldn't say that not, I mean, not falling off but I, I not would playing expect one of them yeah. too I, I would just say the law of averages absolutely is
0: one of them and I'm not saying it's going to be as drastic as Mercado was but one of them we're going to look at in July next year and say and I don't I hope it's not Oscar Gonzalez he's the guy that I think really has figured it out but one of these kids, maybe it's Quan. I don't know. One of them we're going to look at in July next year and say, what the hell happened? Was last year a mirage? No. This year, everybody's changing what they're doing to them. They've got the entire offseason to figure out the plan. Once the book is out, it's out. Mm-hmm. And so, Bull, I, I'm with you. I would much rather yeah. they go out and get, because we do have one in the pipeline in Bo Naylor. But catchers are tricky. We thought Mahea was going to be that guy. Right. Right. catchers are well, they, very they traded them twice. I, I, I know. <laughs> well, they you, sometimes you get intoxicated with a guy's talent, right? And you think, well, you can't and, miss, but at catcher, about, it's odd. There's yeah. so much to the position of catcher, right? It's not just your bat. It's how you work with pitchers, your communication skills, your ability to retain the knowledge of 400 hitters that you're going to see throughout the season. So I, I would rather they go the proven route with the catcher yeah. and the prospect thing is dicey
4: for me at that position. And remember, guys, the Guardians have – I know this sounds crazy, but they actually have too many good prospects at this point. You can't keep them all. Right. And so, which is why they're going to have to make at least one trade of significance before the Rule 5 draft, which is, what, four weeks away, roughly? Right. Give it, I can't remember they've exactly got when the more, They've when got, the got more
1: guys they need, to get, they need to protect. It's not quite as drastic as it was last winter. But you're right. There are more names out there. There's a couple of guys that they need to squeeze onto the 40 man. Um, and they do need right. to make a deal. Yeah. Like a guy like Nolan Jones, who's a lefty power hitter, who is basically an exact duplicate of Josh Naylor. He's got power, but he can't hit lefties. Like right. there's no spot for well, him now. Jose Ramirez and, and is if locked gonna... up long-term at third. He's a duplicate of Naylor at first. What are you going to do with him? Right.
4: And Jason, I think. Listen, Oakland. If we're talking Sean Murphy, who I know you were going to bring That's, up, that was my guy. I, I like Murphy right. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Oakland's got no talent. They've None. got nothing. So they are team more, more even than the Blue Jays that would love to get a guy like Nolan Jones because Nolan Jones is starting and playing every day for Oakland. He, right, they're just going to put him out there every day, and and you could trade them. You know, one top prospect. Would you maybe throw two. in Bo Naylor in that deal?
1: They've already got. I, I, you two know, I young. would think. Their top, the top prospect they got in the Matt Olson deal is a catcher. catcher. That's why they're moving on. Dang, everybody got two other guys. Everybody at top. Those are the two teams. Catcher? No, those are (laughs) Toronto and Oakland. Are the two teams that are just absolutely stacked? (laughs) Who would have known? Catcher right now. Yeah,
4: I think in free agency you could get Vasquez maybe two for sixteen, which for the maybe two for twenty max, which is you know for the Guardians is not unreasonable. I mean, they were paying Hedges like five million dollars, and Vasquez is a much better hitter than Hedges. Yeah, he
1: was at four million. Zach yeah. Meisel, who I think does a terrific job with all this stuff, I was having this conversation with him, he thinks he thinks Murphy's a perfect fit as well. He's got three years of control left, just entering arbitration yeah. this year, projected to make less than Hedges, to your point, about 500000 less than what Hedges made. But he thinks there's room for Murphy and both Naylor's at catcher, first base, and DH, that those three guys, that way you're not losing, you're not trading Bo Naylor for Sean Murphy. Like I said, the A's already have right. some top prospects. And that's a way to sort of, you have Murphy now as the as the entrenched veteran. You can bring Bo Naylor along slowly. You're only gonna have Murphy for three years, maybe two if you trade him with a year left. And and he's a right handed bat. at eighteen home runs last year. That would rank third on the Guardians in, in terms of power. So he brings now, you Chase, that power they, bat.
4: they gotta go get a they also gotta get a slugger at first base in DH, I think.
1: Well, I you know, I Jose Abreu makes sense and I know his power numbers dropped. And again I was talking to Zach about it. Zach thinks he's still gonna find an everyday job next year. Uh, if you bring him here, is he your everyday first baseman? I would take him as our everyday first baseman yes. right now. And then what you do and then Josh Naylor becomes the He's DH. a platoon he's a platoon D H yeah. that hits I
0: mean, he just it was really glaring in the playoffs, but even through the regular season, you've gotta have some success against lefties. You just yeah. have to. Yeah. And he has none. And it's it's just another hole in a lineup that already had two big holes in it to begin
1: with,
2: right. whether it was lefty or righty. So now is this Guys. now is that is that something you think he can get done, or is that a clickbait one? No, I like, think Abreu.
1: I don't think Abreu is
2: possible. To
0: me, he fits the mold yeah. of Encarnacion. Like he's that right. kind of a player. He's For a guy that career yes. yes. later in his career. He had a good average, good OPS, all that. Give him two, maybe that. even throw two with an option. Now his power and run production. Just plummeted. It did, and I wondered how much of that. Th- Chicago was a mess this year. They had a ton and of And I, I wondered about Abreu. it is he a guy that just lost interest because of what happened there this season? You can see how that could happen for a veteran. Yeah. Um, but they were just but- a train wreck from jump, and he wasn't a motivated bat. Put him in this Cleveland lineup where he's surrounded by young, energetic, exciting players. It may re-energize his career, and it might be one of those things where it's good for yeah, a scene change is good, for, good him for him to come to a team like this. I would Guys, love let me to give get you. A two,
4: two other first-base DH options. I don't think Rizzo's realistic, so we'll leave him out. Yeah, I don't either. <clears throat> uh, Josh Bell, who's a free agent. He's right. been an up-and-down player in his career, but he's a switch hitter.
1: Did have an all-star uh, season, br- at least one.
4: Yes, I think it was 2019, I believe. So it was when the game he's was got, here, yeah. And he's got huge power. I mean, he's a big-time power. He struggled after he got traded to the Padres last year, but he was having a really good season before he got traded for Washington. And one other guy, this guy's not a power hitter, but he's an excellent hitter and fits the mold. You know, if you can't get the big slugger, he was here before, Yandy Diaz. The Rays are looking probably moving moving on from him at this I point. I always liked
1: Yandy. Zach mentioned him as well. I just as a couldn't guy understand just why he wasn't a power hitter.
0: I mean, I, you talk about
1: sense. looking he's so apart. big.
4: Yeah. Just a, lot looks, doubles, a lot of doubles, but... A lot of doubles, but just no that. home just run doesn't, power just whatsoever. Doesn't lift.
1: Just doesn't lift the ball. Just doesn't get it all elevated. It's,
4: yeah, it's crazy. It, it really is. But he but walks he, more than he strikes out.
0: Bull, so before on we this move team. to final takes, you had mentioned yesterday that you want sort of a middle-of-the-road... Uh, middle-of-the-rotation yeah. starter. Any names for us on uh, on that? Who you'd like I to see chase? I do. I
4: mentioned a couple of weeks ago, maybe bringing back either Corey Kluber or Carlos Carrasco on short-term deals. Mm-hmm. But if you want a guy a little more exciting... Uh, the Marlins could trade Pablo Lopez, who's been a really solid starter for them for a couple of years. Now, he's only got two years left to control, so I'm not 100% sure the Guardians want to do that. Maybe they feel like they could lock him up long-term. He's not a star pitcher, but he's a good pitcher, and the Marlins got a ton of pitching, and they got no hitting in their pipeline. So the, the Marlins and Guardians, I think, make a lot of sense with all the hitting depth that they have in in the minor leagues. To work out a deal for Pablo Lopez,
1: I think they're going to move on from Zach Plesac. Um, I think they definitely, should. yeah, Have so to. yeah, so I think your rotation. I don't think I think they're going to ride it out with Bieber. He's got two years of control left. I don't think Ahmed Rosario's back. I, I really? Think, yeah, I think you I think, don't. I don't. I don't. Well, wow. I mean, listen, Rosario's going to make nine million. Bieber's going to make ten million. Can they afford to pay both of those guys and yes. Jose and yes. some of the yes. other stuff? Yes, they can.
4: But dude, and they'll also, be a middle
0: tier team, but it's right now they're 26th or whatever. And
1: also, Jason, they Sando's should be able to have an 80, control. 90
4: million payroll at least. Okay, but what
1: they should do and where they're at is not always an alignment. I'm just saying, he's out of yeah. his last year control. They moved him to short to trade him, and it worked so well they couldn't get him out of the lineup and they couldn't trade him. I'll be disappointed if they move on from him. I, I, I don't. don't I don't think I. I'd, I'd, Personally, this isn't like source. This is just That's me. a tough sell. I don't think Rosario and Bieber are both back on this team That right is here. a tough, that is a wow. tough but, and, and we saw with, we saw that they, I mean, they were confident in Gabriel Arias. They played him at first but, see, Jay, in the we, divisional series. They think he's
0: ready. You, d- it reminds me of 17, where this club is. I know they didn't make the deep run this year like the Indians did in 16. But to me, you've got an opportunity to strike this fan base while it's hot. Yeah. Yep. And if you, ch- if you move on from Rosario or Bieber, the overwhelming message that fans like G Bush that are in the weeds are <laughs> yeah. going to say is what? what is a big it. part? Here we go again, dumping salad. I think
1: Bieber would be worse than Rosario Bieber on would that. Be oh, that would crazy. I would, I,
0: they better not move D- Bieber.
1: But again, like they're going to, at some point, he's got two years of control left. He's already rejected one long-term contract offer that they gave him after he won the Cy Young. Like, this is just the reality of it. They're going to move on at some point. They're not going to let him, they're not going to keep for two years and let him walk for nothing. And yeah. this is that just sweet another spot. another reminder that, of who we are and what we are. That two right. years, like they came close to trading Lindor when he had two years left on his deal. They were really yeah. close with the Dodgers. No, they had a deal set up with Ramirez last year. They were going to deal him with two years left before they came up with the extension. Two years is really that sweet spot now with Lindor, they kept them for one more year to make a run at it, and obviously that's where they are this well, year. Well, I hope
0: they do that at least with Bieber because if they if they move Bieber in the
1: off season, they're going to lose a lot of fans. So I think I, you I, hope- I, I think Bieber's back, but I don't think Bieber and Rosario are both All right, back. We'll see.
4: The I only mean, saving grace is if they do trade Rosario. I think we're to the point now where we assume when they trade players for prospects that the trade's going to pan out for the Guardians because it almost always does. Yeah, but you know what? How- the,
0: it doesn't always work out, and they're due no. to have some clunkers.
4: Yeah, I'm going to be ticked if they trade Rosario. I but am, too, because I think you right. I wouldn't another, be surprised. You've got if they minority do.
0: owners now that can help with payroll. I'm sick and tired of looking at the payroll rankings and seeing this Guardians team 27th or 28th. It's nauseating. I'm yeah. going to tell you. They've I, got playoff gate money from last year. Yep. It's time to reinvest in this baseball Let's team. Let's go. Write some checks. Get the players in here that you need to make a difference. This is The window's here. Don't screw it up and start letting
2: – Key pieces like Bieber go. There's a lot of people that are fringe guys that is. I know you'll lose them. jumping on it. And that's why, attendance
0: wise, that's why they are where they are.
2: Yeah. Because
0: wash, rinse, repeat. Get star, lose star. Get star, lose star. It's time they start retaining some of them. And I know it's unrealistic to think they can re-sign Bieber to
3: five year after he's up here. Yeah, that's not happening. No.
0: All right. Uh. We're going to hold final thoughts for our overtime content, right? That's going to be
3: overtime content running a little heavy. We do have to get in what the internet is saying. And whenever we tell you what the internet is saying, it's brought to us. By our favorite sponsors of PCC Airfoils. Are you looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all <laughs> positions starting at $18 and up. Plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com careers to learn more. Uh, we asked the internet, based on that last conversation we had, who do you want to see the Guardians go after? Your number one target? Tequila Mockingbird said Sean Murphy for the catcher spot. Lawrence Goggin said Pablo Lopez. He also said Michael Conforto, a, a Little League World Series alum. Fry says he thinks Murphy is the best mix of production, price, and youth. And Sir Grizz says Christian Walker from Arizona for that first place spot. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of different names, but a lot of the ones Bull was thinking too. What
0: stood out me from that, what was the first uh, tweet from? Tequila Mockingbird. That's tequila. like one of the That's great awesome. Twitter handers, handles of all time. Tequila in mockingbird. the chat all the time. Nice, very nice. Tequila, well done. Yeah, I think Murphy is the guy. I hope they. I hope they go out and make that move.
1: Now the price at the trade deadline for him was either Gavin Williams or Daniel Espino. They're two top pitching. Prospects. I know it's going to be a steep price. And it's going to be. You're going to have to pay for for any of those guys. You're going to have to pay. I would not give a spin I wouldn't personally. Spino. I wanted to see him last year. I wanted to go down to Akron. He got hurt. Yeah. And it really set him back because I think it's going to delay when we see him in Cleveland now because sure of the knee pushes last everything year. back. Yeah.
0: But I don't want. i I'm too excited about him to, to put him in, in part of. I agree. And I think there's enough to Bulls point. There's enough talent
1: that you could package three players. You can't. They and have move them. I mean, because if I'm Oakland, I want. I need. I need bodies, right. you know? And it sounds like if they really are committed to Gabriel Arias, and it sounds as if they are, that makes Brian Rocchio expendable and makes right. Tyler Freeman expendable. Yes. We've already mentioned Nolan Jones. George Valera is a name we haven't mentioned. I don't think they're going to trade him, but that's another big-time outfield prospect. He's another one I hope they don't trade. They've got to make room. For, where are you going to play him? you got to make <laughs> room for him somewhere. <laughs> I and, know. That's, and that's why Josh Naylor may become available. Because right. now you plug Valera in, Oscar Gonzalez becomes your D.H., Valera goes to right field. Wow. Like, and <laughs> now – Now Naylor's the name that maybe Josh, not Bo. Maybe Josh is the name that you start hearing the trade rumors. All right. All right, that's going to do it. We're out of time. We're going to wrap up the week tomorrow with our uh, Friday edition of the
3: Ultimate
0: Cleveland Sports Show. We'll be giving our Browns Dolphins picks. Anything else you want to plug for tomorrow's show?
3: Headlines to Quell, and we're going to do a uh, certain segment with Mike Polk based on the emojis that you can get for being uh, a member. Oh, okay. So we're gonna we're going to play a little game with Polk on that. Should be oh, that'll a be good. That'll be good. Right up his alley. So. All on our Friday edition of the
0: Ultimate Cleveland yep. Sports Show. Meantime, we're on 22-hour break. We will see you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Friday installment of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Enjoy your day. Get out. Enjoy it. It's going to get cold after today.